Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are radio for the local craft beer movement, broadcasting from Terrapin's ATL Brew Lab at SunTrust Park in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis, and we've got Brian Hewitt with us here as well. Brian, I will not forget this week to ask, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for remembering. Good, good. You got it. Like That's good. Like mentioned, we are at uh, Terrapin's ATL Brew Lab at SunTrust Park, the home of the Atlanta Braves. We've got a brewery in a stadium here. Only a few of those there. Yeah, that's cool. And we've got the crew here joined with us. We're joined by brewmaster uh, Peter Trapani. Yes. Correct. All right. We've got Chad Martin, his associate brewer. And we have operations manager Mark Crouch here with us. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Hello. And, and they're, they're already in our good graces because I think we've got three pitchers of beer. We do. Plus right. barbecue. So we're done. What, what can you argue with that? Right? <laughs> Definitely yeah. not. So, and I just want to let everyone know to stay tuned to the very end of the show because we have a pretty darn big announcement here, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. It's very exciting. Yes, right. Definitely. So, so this week, um, sort of an interesting week. I think uh, you and I both uh, were able to do some judging, actually. We did. Yeah. yeah. We pro- I don't think we were there at the same time. No, I was there in the morning there. session, yes. but yeah. But Yeah, I went to the, the Can Can Awards. Yeah. So, so. all canned beer. And uh, kind of funny, you told me you were you took care of me, Aaron, that you judged the, the IPA category. Yes. Well, the first category I had when I sat down was West Coast IPA. That's perfect. So there you go. <laughs> judging the winners there. Your favorite. We moved to Northeast IPA. Okay, good. So. so I got those. And then chocolate and coffee beers. Hmm. So a pretty good variety that we uh, that we sampled and judged there. Uh, I got uh, paired with some really awesome judges. Mm-hmm. And, uh, learned a little bit. Had a good time. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was my first time ever judging. So that was a oh, lot yeah. of fun. And awesome. uh, I was paired with the one and the only Scott Lathrop. So, uh, oh, you know, and that I'm was... I'm sorry to hear that. Well, he was wearing pants. So that was yeah. that was half a battle. But, uh, but no, it was good to learn from someone who's done it quite a few right. times. And I judged... Uh, American lagers, session IPAs, Irish red ales, and black IPAs. Okay. And I always thought it was interesting for me because in the black IPA category, there was one that looked about this color, so about the color of, a, of an IPA or a Pilsner. Right. And I had to ask the person, like, are you sure this, this is a black, black IPA? IPA? And they're like, yes, it is. I'm like, okay. It's like the- <laughs> we've, had, we've had a couple of those like that before. I judged once where I was judging uh, Saison category. Mm-hmm. And I took a sip and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cidery. Oh, no, it's got some flaws here. And I took another sip. And this is really cider. This is cider. This is a cider. So, it was a really good cider too. Just uh, that's what happens when you uh, label and you get all those stuff ready after you've been drinking all day, probably. And that's you know they're like, oh, I'll just put this one in there. It'll be okay. What about you, Brian? So I had the uh, the opportunity to go check out a, a preview with Orpheus, and uh, I looked at the entire lineup. So they got the four different dates. Yeah, a preview of this is their anniversary. Yeah, right? a preview of the anniversary beers, and so they've got the four different dates, four different themes. They got grape, they got cherry, they got south, and then they've got the spontaneous day. That was, that was a pretty big thing. Did and you get a taste of the rainbow, Brian? Oh, I did. Oh, 
today, in fact. But, uh, and also, uh, I, I got a chance to check out some uh, Opstick's beers. I had to run out and grab that collaboration that they made with Twain's, the, uh, the Soursop one with the Berliner. Which you've been begging for a Soursop here. I've been looking for that fruit for a while because yeah. I used to drink that back in the day. It's, uh, it was such a cool fruit. Now, what exactly, for those who don't know, is a Soursop? You know, that's a good question. It looks like a durian, but and it's from Southeast Asia. Doesn't smell like one, I hope. No, no okay, it doesn't smell like one. Uh, we've got, I think we've got a handle floating around here somewhere, but when they had, when I had it before, it was just chopped up, and they had sweetened it up. Okay. The syrup, and it, it was just wonderful. So it's a, it's a unique flavor. There you go. Looking forward to trying it. So, looking forward to trying our Truck and Taps beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap beer of the week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Okay, Tim, what do we got? You know what we're going to do? We're going to drink a lot of beers. We did a little pre-gaming yep. with some uh, new ones from Creature Conference. We have the Tritonia with Cucumber and Lime and their Galactic Space Service IPA. I love that beer. So we really enjoy those. And then from here on out, we're getting knee-deep in Terrapin Roulette. Yeah, we are. And I've already had the dryer stout. And Mark will let you tell a little bit. We've got a table full here. Where are some of the beers we're going to sample here? Yeah, sure. So we've got uh, Provator, which is a Dalbach. Um, really nice malt forward. Um, also uh, a good amount of alcohol in there as well. Uh, we've got uh, our mild uh, English product. It's called Mild Day. And then we grabbed some of our Munich Hellas right off the right tank. Excellent. Also Hellas beer. I love Hellas beer. I always drink Hellas beer. That's what we want to say. Anyway, that's my Hello bad. Hellas? Yes, see, there you go. I wasn't being safe for radio, but that's okay. We're good to go. Let's go ahead uh, and check out this week's headlines. What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. All right, Brian, numerous headlines abound. What do we got? We've got a bunch of interesting stuff. So we've got some bad news for people making some experimental beers we've seen lately. According to a recently updated FAQ page on the website of the TTV, they have brought the hammer down on cannabis delicious beers. So that means goodbye to all your terpene IPAs. But uh, they're not going to approve any formulas or labels for alcohol and beverages that contain controlled substances under federal law, including marijuana. And that it's defined as marijuana as all parts of the cannabis uh, sapphire element plants and its derivatives with a few certain specific uh, exclusions. And uh, that those exclusions are not terpenes, by the way. Okay. So the exclusions are things like hemp seed oil, sterilized hemp seed, non-resonance, mature hemp stocks, and that's about it. So you've got to get the, uh, the approval, and you're not going to get it, so you're, not, you're never going to see a terpene beer out there, not legally any No terpene oil, nothing with any CBD or THC. Correct. Yeah, none, none of that. That was not included in the exclusions list. So it's uh, and you have to be clear and accurate with the hemp products you do use. Yeah. Your product. You cannot indicate that the ingredients are from a controlled substance. So you can't say this is ganja beer, and you can't uh, indicate that people might uh, think the contents will have the same effects as a controlled substance. So you can't say this beer will get you high. I think it's all common sense. Yeah, and but uh, uh, wasn't the guy from Blue Moon? doing a marijuana beer, and that was his point, is this is going to get you high, right? So it was, I think it was a, an N.A. beer, non-alcoholic yeah, beer. Yeah, that, that's, that's correct. And so I think, yes, I went and looked for it because we talked about that article a while. Uh, Keith Biller, he was the guy who did the Blue Moon, as you say, non-alcoholic THC beers, I think because they're non-alcoholic, they're no longer an alcoholic product. Yeah. So he might be able to speak by okay. Yeah, so they don't have you registered with the TTB, but uh, so it's registered with the state, and since he's in Colorado, well, it's... Their state's legal. Uh, so. has any sure. amounts of alcohol in from the fermentation process, he could get in trouble. That's true. Yeah. Even though he doesn't intend for that to happen. So. 
Mark, do you happen to know what the limit is for something to be considered actual non-alcohol? I am not exactly sure. Beer. I don't know. It's 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 fairly low because yeah because kombucha usually is not is non alcoholic and it's got a tiny bit of uh, of alcohol. Yeah, the actual kombucha they had to change the process of commercial kombucha a while ago because mm -hmm. it had to be pasteurized because it was continuing to ferment on the shelves and bump it off the bottom limit. Sweet. I don't want that either. Okay. It's a dice roll. There you go. That's right. So we've got, a, we've got another brewery sale in the news this week. Schmaltz Brewing has sold its Clifton Park uh, New York brewery, and they sold it to a rapidly growing New York brewery called named Single Cut Beersmiths, and they've been looking for a place to expand. It's expensive to expand in the areas that they've been looking, and this was the opportunity they were looking for. This situation with the sale is a little different than the uh, Green Flash situation, because Schmaltz will continue all operations at Clifton Park right up until they turn the keys over later this year, and they're not going away, so their Hebrew and Alphabet City and Schmaltz label beers are going to continue to be made, and uh, they're also going to continue to make their Star Trek themed beers. I know everybody's worried about Oh, yes. That. Yep. Um, and they're going to gypsy, basically. Their plan is to gypsy brew, but at the same time, the gypsy brewing, they're opening up a, uh, like a tasting room and a box shop somewhere in New York as well. So they're closing the brewery, going backwards kind of in the process from what most people do, but also opening up a bottle shop. So I'm a little confused by the whole strategy. So, so they're almost outsourcing their, their core beers and then actually yes. focusing on some of their core, their smaller batches then, it looks and, like. And they're not going to brew any on their own, are they? Oh, okay. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. Right? Well, it's brewing partners. So I, I assume that, I think in one of the articles I read, the guy said that he usually didn't directly do the brewing himself. He's more of the creative end. He left it up to people he hired to do it. And it's going to be a continuation, but yeah, effectively it sounds like it's outsourced. So Contract, gypsy, something along Exactly. He's, okay. They're calling it gypsy, I think, because that's more fashionable, but that's, uh, that's what they're doing, so that, that was interesting. We're going to take a quick break right now. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, beerguysradio.com. We'll be back with a crew from Terrapin's ATL Brew Lab at SunTrust Park. There's a lot of great stuff coming out of the Woodlands, and if you'd like to get your hands on the super limited releases, you should join the Woodlands Circle Beer Club. Your membership will get you six unique and different beers from the Woodlands, awesome Woodlands Circle Stemware, a $25 beer tab, and some other cool perks during your time as a member. Series 2 will start this summer and feature more great wild ales and barrel-aged dark beers. Get yours now for just $149. Find out more and join now at sweetwaterbrew.com club. That's sweetwaterbrew.com club. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their taproom in Marietta to taste and see. Also, visit their barrel room with an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. What in Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. And welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. For more great cracker info, come visit us on the web at beerguysradio.com. 
We're back at the Terrapin ATL Brew Lab at SunTrust Park. We're going to talk to Peter, Chad, and Mark about their amazing beers. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, easiest question. Uh, Peter, now you, uh, let's talk a little bit about your background. You started off at Peace Support in San Diego, then completed the UC Davis Master Brewers Program before brewing at Sierra Nevada. Um, you know, how big is it? I mean, you've, that's some pretty big breweries out there. That's so a big jump. That's a pretty big jump, yeah, over to here where you're running off of quite small. So uh, so how'd you make that transition, and uh, what are the advantages of working in a small well, business? Well, like you said, my, um, my first time on there was Peace Port, which is a small group up in San Diego. So when this opportunity came up, it was an opportunity for me to kind of get back to my roots and uh, get to kind of back to being creative again. When I was at Sierra Nevada, I was assistant brewmaster. I was overseeing the brew house productions. Um, a lot of pale ale, a lot of torpedo. Um, didn't have as much of an opportunity to be as creative. Mm -hmm. um, here, I um, brewed a lot of interesting, uh, at least I think interesting, um, beers. I brewed what I wanted to drink and kind of didn't scratch that itch. So. Now, UC Davis, I'm assuming you uh, have some classes with Mr. Charlie Van Forth over there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen him uh, on podcasts now all the time. It's just, I mean, the knowledge he has and listening to him is uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah no, it's a, it was an honor to be able to, to be in a classroom with him. And, Absolutely. And he won an award at the uh, craft beer conference, actually. Uh, what was the award he got? Oh, you know, I knew you were going to ask me that, See, but uh, I, but I did that. I do remember that name, so you know. Now, Chad, you uh, the tell of many people, Sweetwater, time at Atlanta Sweetwater Brewing, right? That's right. And then over here, I tell you, they're almost as big a brewing school as UC Davis now, I think, because so many people leave Sweetwater going to other breweries or start their own breweries and that, but. Uh, you know, so a, a big change for you as well. Not quite as big as coming from, you know, Mills River or Sierra Nevada, but uh, what attracted you over here? Uh, very similar uh, change as far as going from somewhere big to somewhere small. Um, but I, I think the idea of getting closer and having more intimate feel with the brewing as far as pressure schedule, the style, everything, this seems we have more of a hands-on feel and a little bit more creative but yeah, the idea to brew beer um, at a baseball stadium and brewing the styles and recipes we wanted to do sounded way too big pass along. Wasn't a lot of arm twisted involved. Nah, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And, and I hear that a lot actually from, from brewers. It's like, you know, when they start off at a bigger brewery, they you know, you, you, you're a creative type people and just brewing the same beer over and over again, of course, it gets repetitive. It's necessary, but you want to kind of scratch that itch and, and do your own thing every once in a while. And, and by going small, you can do that, right? Absolutely. I, I think having um, both uh, both sides of that, working on the big side, working on the small side, really rounds you out for mm -hmm. uh, learning everything. Because if you, if you can brew beer, you know, a beer into a thousand barrel tank, you can brew beer into a 10 barrel tank. You have a good idea of how to do that consistently from any scale size. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, Mark, you did, these guys did cool brewing stuff. You did the boring stuff, right? That's exactly right. Analytics, chain cells, <laughs> that kind of yeah. stuff. But you're, you're a career man with uh, Miller Course yeah. and Blake. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, which, for those that don't know, and we do, we've had our listeners say this is important for them to know Terrapin is majority owned by a tenth of Blake and right. a Miller Course. So, right. you know, we're not going to tell you what beer to drink. We'll just pr present the info. There's some good stories from everybody here. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you work for the Evil Big Beer Empire. Exactly. Right? Yes. <laughs> I'm here representing the, the uh, Evil Empire. Uh, did you wear a black hat? <laughs> I left it at home today. But, uh, yeah, I started with Miller Brewing Company up in Milwaukee uh, about 10 years ago. Um, and as you said, sales analyst sitting in the cubicle cranking out spreadsheet reports. 
Uh, moved out into sales, um, called out of Walmart in Wisconsin. It was blast, but lots of fun. Um, and then, uh, it sounds like it. It's uh, yes. That entire time I was homebrewing and uh, moved into learning and development at the Tenton Lake uh, Craft and Import Division of Miller Coors. I was lucky enough to be part of their beer merchant education program. A big part of what I do here um, is uh, is doing beer education for our wait staff, bartender training. Um, anybody who's worked in the restaurant business knows that the, the big constant that we have is turnover. So we've got new people coming in pretty much every day, and uh, I'm doing cicerone training with them, making sure everybody knows you know how to talk about beer, how to sell beer, how to enjoy beer. Plus, you know, you are a certified cicerone. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah, and it makes even better sense because instead of being in a cubicle, you've got a hat, t-shirt, and shorts, and you go to work every day. So that's, exactly. a, that's a little bit better. That's right. So yeah, so now um, here, we again, we're here at SunTrust Park, uh, home of the Atlanta Braves, brand new home of the Atlanta Braves. And uh, we are, uh, you guys are among a small group of breweries at Major League Baseball stadiums. I think there's not very many, actually. There's there's one at Coors Field, of course. That's where Blue Moon got started. That's the big one. And then uh, I believe we have Mickler at, at uh, Citibank, at, or City Field at, in uh, New York. New York. I don't think there's any other ones, though. Do you, do you guys know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, but, you know, it's interesting um, that, uh, but, but even still, a lot of uh, stadiums and a lot of uh, areas are kind of getting into the craft beer thing as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at, of course, here at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, they've got a lot of, of local brews on tap. And, you know, it's, it's more than just the regular BMC beers that we had, you know, back when I was, was younger and going to, going to Mariners games, right? So people have kind of embraced the craft scene here in, in baseball, too. Exactly. Yeah. So this is, uh, you guys are part of a larger development here, so also kind of a new thing for, for stadiums. Uh, so for those not familiar with SunTrust Park, connected to the ballpark is an area called the Bat. And uh, it's, it's shops, it's restaurants, it's a brewery, it's uh, residences, uh, big Comcast building here and that. So, it's really an entertainment destination, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, a brand new neighborhood, basically an entire neighborhood of, like you said, shopping, retail, uh, dining. There's a brand new hotel here as well, the Ami. So you get a concert. Oh, the Ami, the Coca-Cola Ami is fantastic. Yeah, we've seen a lot of great bands over there. Modest Mouse, Band Forces, the Great Ami, pretty, pretty good thing. But, but, Brian, did you know you missed the Modest Mouse concert? Oh darn. He's a big fan. Well, well, no, I think I, you know. <laughs> after this show, we're going to go across the street there, the the Pro Bull Riders tour. So we're going to do some bull riding afterwards. Oh, yeah. So that's oh, again. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I know. Listen, that's it. There you go. Yeah. So guys, there's uh, you know again big change coming from big breweries to, to this operation. But it, on game days, I imagine this gets pretty junk in here. So. What are the main differences, or, or what are there main differences, major differences, to brewing in uh, Major League Baseball state? You know, every brewery that, <clears throat> every brewery that I've ever brewed in, uh, there's going to be unique challenges. Um, this one is obviously has the challenge of being inside the stadium. So um, we're fortunate enough that most of our day can get in and get out before the gates open, and that's kind of our challenge is to make sure that we get a brew done. Um, because once the gates open, we're on three different levels here. The brewery's on three different levels, and the big stairs that are outside of the part of the public area. So, um, yeah, that's our like, get in early and get out early on the game day. That way we can stay in the game. Right. Yeah. So you don't have to handle crowds then, but how, how, do you, how does the uh, chop house handle crowds? Do you have to do things differently in the games days, or is it just the same thing as more people? Yeah, stacked up for sure. Um, we've got a lot more people on hand. Um, just trying to manage like 35,000 people coming in for a beer. 
all at the same time. All at once, yes. Right. Yeah. So that seventh inning stretch, be ready. <laughs> right. right. Rain delays are great, too. Oh, I bet, yes. <laughs> now, another claim to fame to the ballpark here, they are the first and only Waffle House in the nation that serves beer. Yes, that's so, right. Yes. yes, and I want to give a shout out to our friends in Houston, Texas, and What's on Tap Radio, because they suggested we actually do a show from the Waffle House. <laughs> I like so that James idea. and Chad, that's a great idea. We're going to work on it. Scattered, smothered, yeah, covered, yeah. and drunk. If you there want you another go. great beer show, check out what's on tap. There you right. go. These guys are awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, we're about ready to take a quick break right now. But, uh, but you know, it is interesting to see that, um, you know, the cool thing about this tap room is that we're outside of the stadium technically. So you can come in, of course, when it's not game day. But you can also buy beer to go inside the stadium. Is that correct? Yeah. So, yeah, so that, a little secret. There you go. Pro tip, uh, just in case you were here at the... Now you know, right? Yeah, go to the Brave Stadium. No. So, yes, so come in here, get the great fresh beer, and then go uh, grab, watch the game, and then uh, try and avoid the crowd and hit, uh, go back for your beers here at the Terrapin Tap Room. That's cool. Absolutely. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break right now. You'll listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're talking to the crew at Terrapin ATL Brew Lab, and we'll be back right after this. Well, if you're looking to open a brewery or brew pub in the Atlanta area, you need to take a look at the park at Georgetown. This unique community will feature a collection of restaurants along with a craft brewery located within the new JW Homes luxury development Dunwoody Green. Conveniently located less than a half a mile from I-285, this enclave of restaurants will be the gathering place in Dunwoody. Whether meeting old friends or making new ones, the park at Georgetown will be the place to share a great meal and to build lasting memories. If you're planning to open a brewery or a brew pub, the park at Georgetown may be your new home. Crimin Associates, the developer of the park at Georgetown, wants to talk to you. For more information, call Stephen St. Paul at 404-256-2960, extension 5. That's Stephen St. Paul. 404-256-2960, extension 5, the park at Georgetown in Dunwoody Green. We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery. Set beer free. ReformationBrewery.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We want to give a shout out to one of our great radio affiliates, WSLA 1560 AM in Slidell, Bloons, Louisiana. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WSLA every Saturday at 8 AM Central. We're back with the Terra and ATL Brew Lab talking with Peter, Chad, and Mark. Excellent, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. So now uh, you we're got... We're still mostly coherent. We're so mostly. Yeah, we got a lot of beer here. I was just going to say, because... I... Yeah, these pictures are getting empty. 
I know. Oh, that's that's crazy. Crazy. How great is it that we've got pitchers on the table? I haven't had beer from the pitcher in a long time. Right. And we've got barbecue in the back back room you know, too, which is say, just I want to diversion here a little bit. Go as, for it. As Aaron mentioned, you guys brought us out some pretty awesome food to start this off. So, and this kind of ties into my next question. Uh, you opened under George's old beer walls, uh, which is you could not have a tasting room tap room with a production brewery. Since Terrapin is a production brewery, they cannot open a Brulat third tier, three tier, and all that. So you partnered with Fox Brothers, and uh, Fox Brothers is your tap room. Technically, these are two separate businesses. Your brewery is just next to, very next to, yes. uh, Fox Brothers Restaurant. Absolutely. So, are there any challenges that that presents to you? You know, challenges and opportunities, I would say. Um, certainly, <laughs> certainly uh, it, you know, we do have our difficulties from time to time with the separation of those two businesses working together in harmony. Um, however, I would say, you know, how great that we have Fox Brothers here and the amazing barbecue that, uh, that we can offer to our guests here at the Tavern. There's no way the three of us are going to make barbecue that tastes like that, uh, and the staff here is tremendous. So, uh, for those not in Atlanta, Fox Brothers is an Atlanta institution. It's uh, a barbecue here. And you brought up a few plates for us. We have some fried dill pickles, a classic. Oh, yes. We have some nice smoked wings there, and something I've never even seen before. This, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. One well, of the greatest things ever. Yes. We had country fried ribs. Just a nice yeah. <laughs> rib, batter fried with some, it looked like a Southwest kind of sauce with it there, yeah, but like that was lot. pure genius. That was barbecue genius. Yeah, I like to say, excited for that and, and, and the thing about those ribs is like, they were about like two pounds a piece. Like they were, they had they a ton were, of yes. meat on them and they were, That's oh, they were so the good. small forklift was on the table. That's good, I appreciate that. <laughs> I need this, I need this small forklift to get me out of here now, so it's good, yes, that's key. So yeah, so now um, you guys had your first anniversary at the end of, end of March, um, probably a big learning experience for you guys, but uh, how did that first year go? Um, um, yeah, you know, we hit the ground running. Um, both Chad and I were hired at the end of February tasked with opening the brewery and getting beer on tap last year by opening day was unbelievable. It was no small thing. Yeah. Um, so we did that, which was a huge accomplishment. And then the rest of the year we played catch up um, until the, the baseball season ended. So trying to keep beer on tap, um, just cranking out beer as fast as we could. We got a chance to take a little bit of a breather um, at the end of the baseball season. Um, honestly, there's not as many people showing up. Even though we are open year round, um, but yeah, we got a chance to kind of take a take a breath, um, go back and see what, what we did right, what we did wrong, and what we want to keep on doing. And we were able to celebrate this first year anniversary with uh, a great sense of accomplishment, and we're really happy with what we did this last year. Yeah, and one of the cool things, uh, really, that came out of it was uh, Chopsecution. Um, you know, of course, it's a take on the classic uh, Terrapin Chopsecutioner, but uh, you had some oak bats, uh, bat chips in there. How'd that idea come about? <laughs> um, a brainchild of Spike, Steve found it with Terrapin, of course. Yeah, um, uh, something that Spike came up with, and uh, really a nice way to tie in Chopsecutioner um, on the flagship of the Athens Brewery with Braves baseball. So you've got the, the, uh, the chop house here, we've got Chopsecutioner. It's not, it's not Hopsecutioner, but it's in the ballpark. <laughs> hey yo! Yes. Is that your number one seller? Chops uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, Hopscutioner, Chopscutioner uh, usually go one and two for us. Those are 
Okay. And that's there's people outside the area that want that South Houston area. You know, we've got Braves fans all over. We actually just had a, a friend of ours in uh, El Paso. Believe, yeah, right? yeah. So we said he had to have some. So we had some. Give me a pass. See that city's already been taken care of. We oh, should shoot. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we are in the uh, four pack, sixteen ounce cans on that now, um, coming out of our Athens brewery. So we're all over Brakes Country, not quite to El Paso. Not quite out there. Yeah, yeah. All over the place. So I gotta ask, are there gonna be more beers with uh, baseball bat chips in them? Possibly, I'm thinking maybe the walk-in bar, the coffee dog. The walk-in bar. Is there a possibility of that? Yeah. Having some uh, Baseball chips in it or something else. Yeah, over here. Baseball chips. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Chips. But maybe that's an idea that they could do. One A's on baseball and one A's on the bat. Oh, I've got. Oh, I've got an idea too. I've got an idea. A, a George Brett beer with pine tar in it. So make a Brett beer. Look at that. See, look. I'm just. I'm full of ideas. It's great. Exactly. There you go. That's it. Now, one thing that I was super impressed with, and Chad, I think it was, was you and I were chatting on Facebook oh, yeah. when we first, okay, so, and you told me, I didn't even know this at the time, and I've been up here, I'd had a beer, had some water. Yeah, it was, it was chat before I mean break it for you on Facebook. Yeah, well, it was, yes, just a little ass, and it worked, man, because here we are, right? So, that's right. But just the variety of beers you guys brewed, and that's something, you know, a lot of people talk about variety, and there was, uh, Monday Night Brewing did an IPA release recently. And it was posted on a, an Atlanta forum, not an Atlanta beer forum, just an Atlanta forum. And they just, oh my gosh, another IPA, another IPA, this and that. Now, that said, people love their IPAs, but there are there is a nice group of people that want some variety. Mm -hmm. They want the dog box, they want the mild, they want you know those options there. And you guys are brewing those kinds of beers here, correct? Absolutely. That's that's a huge part of, of what we hang our hats on. I think when you, know, you go to a brewery, I think one of the first things you look at outside of the scene and the other things around you, you look at the little tap list and see what's available. And I think the best breweries, the best tap and you happen to have the best experiences are, are when you happen to have a lot of different things available. I love breweries that have a ton of IPAs. And um, I think just the fact that you can have something different and have a multitude of that goes on. I think it makes a great, great, great experience. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's something that we, we've been really happy with. And I think uh, having having different English ales, different Euro or lagers, just things to choose from outside of what you know, your normal IPA platforms. I think is is a Yeah, and it's something that would be that goes well with the food, of course, mm -hmm. and also something that's most for the most part relatively low ABV. So right. you could have a couple, go to the ballpark in yeah. Atlanta in August when it's sixty million degrees outside, and not you know have that affect you as much. You can have a couple of them. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I would say our volume and our, and our tank capacity helps us a lot with that. Um, having you know, six fermenters for the right tanks allows us to produce uh, small batch beers and to churn out pretty quickly. Um, as well as the fact that we have a lot of people coming to, to the stadium, whether it's for baseball games or whether they're just going through the battery. So if we sell through the beer fairly quickly, that allows us to brew a lot more different batches. Sure. Uh, so we, last year we, we brewed 40 different unique beers. That to me was a huge accomplishment. Um, again, I, I love IPAs. I love to brew IPAs all day long, but there's something I absolutely love about brewing lagers and brewing English ales and brewing anything else. And it keeps you on your toes, too. Yeah, yeah. that's it. We still, we still have brewed a handful of IPAs here. Uh, 
Um, our most popular beer was kind of our flagship house brand is on deck IP. It's not on tap all the time, but we try to keep going as often as possible. Um, but yeah, that is something that the three of us talked about was if you want a hoppy IPA, we do have a terrapin core brand. We have hops we have high five, we have a Um You can get a hoppy beer here. Um, this is an opportunity for someone to come in here and try maybe a style they haven't had before and drop that people start a mile at a dollar bottle. You know, this is it's a great experience, you know. Have one find it, kind of explore. Yeah, but I tell you, for me, you know, I would love to have that dry Irish stout, uh, a couple of those watching the baseball game for me. I mean, it's a dark beer. A lot of folks wouldn't equate that necessarily, but it's got a low ABV. It's dry. It's just a really nice drinking beer. I'd love to just hang out the baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just drink the there you go. <laughs> you go. You go. There you go. Yo, this is the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back very shortly with more from the Terrapin ATL Group. Taryn and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock and Alpharetta are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Aaron. See, they've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks daily, so that way you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and coming soon to Duluth in 2018. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. The Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Roger, Roger. What's our back there, Victor? Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. And welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow us on the socials. Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are in Atlanta, Georgia, talking with the crew at Terrapin's ATL Brew Lab. And uh, we are here at SunTrust Park, which is home of the Atlanta Braves, the playoff-bound Atlanta Braves, at least for now. So we don't want to jinx anything. The first place Atlanta Braves, exactly. So, so uh, uh, between breaks, we kind of try to pin you in on a bet. So uh, let's talk about this. So if the Atlanta Braves make the playoffs, or when the Atlanta Braves make the playoffs, you guys need to bear, uh, brew at a barrel-aged Imperial Stout just in time for the playoffs. Just in time for the playoffs. I think that'll work, right? Can we have that commitment? It's going to be at least 13% of pastry stout. <laughs> wow, Brian's taking it. Oh, no, I think that's what we agreed on. Okay, so there you go. You can do that. That's, that's fine. Exactly. You know, you've got that. Uh, no exactly. No problem. Okay. Make some oat tincture. There you go. And just move that in. You'll be, you'll be good to go. That's it. Now, you guys just uh, released a couple new beers here in the tap So, uh, what's the newest stuff you have on tap Yeah, so uh, we just have our red IPA. It's on high inside. Uh, really nice uh, red IPA. It's got some. Really interesting, like amber notes, uh, highlights to it. Beautiful beer, 8.8% um, ABV. Um, we brewed that with some old school hops, Simcoe, Chinook. Uh, nice. Trying to go for that old, yeah, old school day. Yeah, I like it. And then we've got a uh, Vienna style lager, um, just a really nice clean amber lager. We're trying to bring amber lagers back. And it's going to be the next big style. Amber you heard lagers, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Well, you know, th those are great. Again, combining with the barbecue, I think, because it's got the, a little bit of that smoky quality. Yeah, they're yeah. a little bit uh, of that, that dark, yeah, but they got a body. Yeah, it really is. Now, are you guys cautious with ruin a little higher ABV because you are at a ballpark where people tend to just turn down? Yeah, I think that um, it's something that we think about. We don't want to go too high in alcohol. Um, I think that we always want to be able to make sure that we have a lower ABV. Um, we do have a couple higher uh, alcohol beers. We have you know, our sports out 710, the Brahma Tour, Dalabach, and 78. And then we're coming out with the 8.8% um, double red IPA. But we also have, like I said, the English Mild, um, uh, English Bitter, Hellas, um, the Piano Water. So we're trying to keep a wide range so um, people don't get it too much. I mean, that could be a fun experiment, put everything 9% or higher, 10% or higher. Just one game day, just do it all right, just observe people. Right? See that might not be a good idea. That, uh, yeah. yeah, see, Mark's with me. Okay, good. I want to make sure. All right. So that's, uh, we, we mentioned briefly, you guys are the R&D wing, our brewery for Terrapin, which uh, Terrapin has their production facility over in Athens, Georgia. You guys get to have fun here and do a lot of uh, you know small batch stuff and that that we talked about. But like you mentioned, don't avoid the place if you're an IPA guy because you got the hobby options here for everybody Absolutely. as well. Something for everyone at the brew lab. But uh, what's it like being R and D? Do they do they send requests over? Does uh, you know the spike come over and knock on the window and it's like hey <laughs> exactly? Yeah. So, so it kind of it kind of happens both ways. So this last year. Um, our first goal was making sure, our, our number one priority is making sure we have the on tap. Don't want to go to the character of the cap rate not have the on tap. That'd be a problem. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we hit the ground running, try to keep your on tap. As we finally started to catch our breath, is when we were able to start doing more and more R&D pilot moving forward in here. Um, so yeah, it goes both ways, whether Spike comes with us with, with an idea, a recipe that he's been thinking about, or whether we are working on something that we take to Athens and say, hey, what do you guys think about this? You know, we've asked good feedback. And um, we're kind of formalizing that process now that um, we're in, entering into year two and really trying to get a nice formal process of new uh, year experimentation for Athens. And so hopefully one day people will be trying a beer next year um, in a can from Paragon. And of course, uh, Spike, Spike Lukowski of uh, Terrapin, uh, he is one of the, the, again, the head brewer, one of the co-founders of Terrapin Beer, so he's the, the big muckety-muck in charge. There you go. Exactly. I think our, I think our volume, our capacity helps with that as well. I think he, since we're not as restricted to large vessels and other things, we're able to... <clears throat> Potentially put out a little more beers, yeah. in smaller batches, smaller volumes. So uh, one of our examples from this last year was we brewed a Doppelbach called Doppelplay, and one of the first beers I, when I ever got this job, I started kind of thinking about different beers we could brew, different things. I was like, well, I love Wayne Bates, one of my favorite terrible beers. Yeah. I love chocolate coffee with little stouts. How cool would it be to produce a Doppelbach in the H on coffee called Wachenbach? Brian, Brian just fainted with happiness, yes. No pun intended. Yeah. So, well, we did. It was we essentially, uh, we brewed a 10-barrel batch of, uh, of Doppelbach and we used muted for the base malt. And it was a pretty traditional Doppelbach. And we put five barrels of it into one tank and put five barrels into another tank that happened to have Ethiopian coffee, coffee from a local roaster, um, Todd from Firelight Roasters is over in uh, Westminster. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool guy. 
Um, so we were able to do that and kind of that experiment, and the beer was incredible. It was it was just as we kind of first you know imagined it might taste like. Like, what would the taste like with coffee? And Top and Firelight hit it uh, hit it out of the ballpark. Again, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> All of these baseball parts. Coffee, you can't kind of get a, a, a lighter, blonder roast that wasn't too grossy and too restrictive, and it just matched up perfectly with Doppelbach. And I gotta say, we had the coffee Doppelbach, and we have to agree. It was, it was great. Really good. Yeah. So, something we brushed on briefly, Mark, but we want to talk about a little bit more because it is it is a hot topic in the beer world. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Pete Kors recently made some news of that, so there's a there's a battle going on. And, and I'll say this: I want to I want to put my statement out there, my position on this right now. A few years ago, I was adamantly against big beer. Uh, I think there are things that certain big beer companies do, and I believe Avian and that is probably the worst one that is intentionally meant to hurt craft brewers, it, it, and it's bad for for breweries. Uh, I know I haven't seen that as much with Miller Coors. I know there's this thing going on with Stone right now that's a little a little iffy, but uh, as we started going to show, Aaron, yeah. and we talked to people from Goose Island, and we talked to these, we realized that there's still a lot of local connection, even if a brewery is a settlement. And that, I mean, we're sitting here talking with you guys, you know, and uh, you're local, you're a local brew pub for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's understandable that there would be people that have an issue with this. For me, it's a huge gray area. And, uh, and something that I kind of handle case-by-case case basis, I have a local connection to Terrapin. You know, I know Spike Bukowski. I know Leah that works over at Terrapin. Yep. I know you guys. I know a lot of people. So for me, it makes it a little different. Right. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? As far as, uh, you know, being owned by Big Beer, being craft beer, is there, um, is there a place for everybody to play together here? Or is it? Are they opposed to each other? Sure, sure. And, I mean, obviously, we're not here to shy away from the fact that we have a huge relationship with Miller Coors. Um, there are definitely pros and cons to that. I'm not here to tell you that, you know, slamming the Kool-Aid um, and, uh, and everything is great. We, we definitely agonize over decisions that we make, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Are we doing the right thing for our beer drinkers, for the consumer? Um, I, I've been with uh, one of the big brewers for my entire career in beer, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Chad and beer. China, you know, what is it like with them going from uh, a small independent, a large yeah. independent, over to uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'm more than happy to answer that question. I worked at a couple uh, craft breweries. Um, I mentioned earlier, I worked at Pizza Port in San Diego, a small group of, and I worked at Sierra Nevada. Um, and given an opportunity to come here, um, for me, in terms of my day-to-day, what has changed for me is that I have more trees something that you wouldn't expect someone to work you know, works technically from other words to say. Um, but that is the absolute truth. Um, also, we work in a venue that most craft breweries wouldn't be able to uh, provide. We're in a ballpark that, that comes with a price tag. Um, and you know, that, that competition for being in here wasn't great. We, we were able to do it. This is an opportunity for us. And it's it's an amazing uh, experience that we can come here, we can brew the, the beers we want to brew, have complete creative control, and it's as crap as I have ever been. <laughs> you make a good point that we would have not seen a Georgia brewery in a ballpark if yeah. it wasn't for the tent of the Florida Force Connection. We would have had a silver bowl in the front of the Absolutely. 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 
Yeah. So, and, and, and that's what I've, I've told you know the folks in France that if, if you know terribly not been fired by more quarters years before, this could have drawn this person's people in before some of the brewery. And Peter can back to here, I can back to water. I mean, you just you know, who knows what would have happened. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll want to point out one other thing. I mean, you know, Chad has come over now and he works for Miller Coors. One of the great things that's happened to him this last year is that Miller Coors is paying for a professional brewing education. He's sitting next to me to take the Institute of Brewing and Distilling Diploma uh, Brewer exam. Um, that doesn't happen at most craft breweries. Yeah, understandable. Sure. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity where there's a lot of smart people that know a lot about beer that work in it, and we're, we're blessed to work with them. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, pretty much echoes what we've heard from others. Yeah. You know, there's challenges when you go from a, a small craft family environment. You know, I've talked to people that said one of the big things, there's more channels to go through now. You know, where the guy that you had to talk to, he may have been across the hall, he may be in another state now, something okay. like that. But yeah. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Sharing your beer, sharing deep country fried ribs. <laughs> Heck yeah. And a good time. We had a blast here. Now, if folks want to see what's going on with the Terrapin ATL Blue App, what you got on tap in your events, what's the best place to do that? The best place to do that is terrapinbeer.com. Go to the ATL Blue Lab uh, link on there, and we've got our entire list of beers. Very awesome, yeah, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Go Braves. Now, Aaron yes. Williams. Yes, sir. I'm going to hand this over to you right now because you have a very big announcement. Yes, I do. I just want to let folks know that this is my last Beer Guys radio show, at least at least uh, full time. You know, I want to be called a uh, host emeritus. I there think that go. might be a, be a good You're way to do it. I totally am because well, I like the name. So yeah, but uh, you know, this is our 126 show. Uh, uh, Tim, you and I started this uh, almost uh, two and a half years ago with the intent of bringing craft beer and craft beer knowledge news to to the public, and uh, we've grown this. Uh, Greatly. It's, great. it's, it's bigger than I ever thought it was going to be. And uh, it's been a fantastic ride. Um, I've got a family. I've got three kids. And I've got a full-time job. And uh, unfortunately, I, I'm not at the place right now where I can take this uh, show where it needs to be. And you need somebody that can, that can really kind of do this uh, a little more full-time than I can. And so I'm going to step back. Uh, from duties, and again, be host emeritus. So I'll still hang out every once in a while, and just we'll uh, you, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. be around. But uh, but you know, I just want to say thank you to uh, to everybody who's been listening to the show, um, all of our fans that have come up to see us. Uh, you know, you, we couldn't have done it without you. Or I couldn't have done it without you. And it's been it's been a blast. It's been so much fun meeting all the people in the craft beer community, and uh, I will still be a part of that. But uh, yeah, for uh, full time hosting duties, I'm going to back off and let Brian. Uh, take my reins. Brian, you hey, what? what? Who? So, when? Yes. So exactly. No, no. Uh, thanks. No, absolutely. Thanks. I, we're going to miss you. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, Aaron, I just want to say thank you. You conceptualized this show many moons ago, way back in the ancient times of 2015, Aaron. I can't even think that far back. See? Yes. But, uh, so, thank you for all you taught me about radio. Yep. And uh, patience <laughs> and uh, so many things. There you and, go. Uh, We've had a good time here. We've had a good run. We've done some really, really cool stuff. Definitely, so, definitely. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. We look forward to having you back. Oh, we'll be back. Yeah, yeah, I'll be bugging you guys. Don't worry about Aaron, it. Aaron, for the last time, at least for a little while, you want to take us out of here? Well, let's go ahead and do that. Again, thank you for listening to Beer Guys Radio. BeerGuysRadio.com is our website uh, for more craft beer info. We're also on the socials as well. Coming up next week, you won't be, I won't be talking to them, but uh, Brian and Tim will. I'll be talking with Stowe, Vermont's Vaughn Trap Brewery. It's a brewery on top of a mountain. Hope you can get connections there. Anyway, go ahead and subscribe to Beer Guys Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to leave us a review and let us know what you think. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. I'll talk to you later. Cheers. 
Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.